and welcome to the first edition of the Copcat podcast of the new season. Um, we kicked off with, let's call it a 1-1 draw with Manchester City at the Charity Shield. Um, with me tonight, I have got Dave Caron out in Brazil. Dave, how you doing? Not too bad, Dave. Uh, I'd be nicer if we won it, but I'm heartbroken that we've lost it. But we'll get into that. Yeah. Yeah, and also out in Berlin, I've got Neil Patterson. Chase, how are you doing tonight? Yeah, pretty happy. Pretty happy. The se- well, the season's pretty much on our uh, on our doorstep. So glad to be back talking about real football and uh, yeah, the real Liverpool. And uh, glad preseason's over. To be honest, what about yourself, Dave? How's it going? Y- yes, good. Thanks. Good. Um, a much more enjoyable game on Sunday than I anticipated it would be. Um, and, you know, it's one of those games you can watch and you're not necessarily hugely tense about it either, which happens all too seldom for my liking. So, on to the game then, Chief. Um, a, real, a real game of two halves, um, very much so. Um, overall, I think we're probably the better side. We we batter them second half. We hit the woodwork countless times. One cleared off the bar. One bounces off the line. Um, 19 shots against Manchester City. You know, 11 on target. That's that's an impressive, impressive uh, set of statistics there. Um, and I think it probably transferred to what you, what you saw on the pitch. What did you think of performance? I had more shots than the, the whole City team uh, in the game. So, uh, so it was, you know, it was a good performance. I think, uh, particularly second half, as you mentioned. I mean, I don't think we were. I think it was a game of two halves in terms of of the Liverpool performance, uh, in the sense that I don't think we were quite at the races in the first half. We definitely turned up the intensity in the second half, but uh, we still had some good chances in the first half. Salah hit the post a couple of times, I think, um, and. Um, Bravo got down, uh, particularly once, I think, when it, when it came through the defender's legs and made a really smart save. So on another day, you know, you talk about the chances in the second half, the one that's cleared off the line by Kyle Walker, and he, he it's brilliant defending. He only just gets to it because he actually toe punts it right up in the air. Like, if it's, if it's again, it's it's 11 millimetres or whatever because if it's slightly further, he just skims, it skims off his studs and goes in the back of the net. But... It's one of them, isn't it? Um, you know, we've the, the game was a draw. Essentially, we could have shared the trophy. I, although um, I didn't want to lose in in ninety minutes, I really didn't give a, a toss once it went to the penalties. Particularly the way it just goes straight to penalties, like you really have nothing better than that. You know, it's a preseason game at that point. Um, so I think the real the real work was done in in the ninety minutes, and we showed City. Uh, in case they were wondering that uh, we weren't a, we're not a one season wonder, and uh, yeah, it was good. After the preseason we have we, we've had, which has been a, a little up and down, let's be honest, it's reassuring to to see pretty much a first eleven, if not quite, um, certainly close to close to what you'd imagine would be starting against Norwich. Uh, turn out and, and play like that and probably on the balance of play as you mentioned we, we deserve to win the game in the 90 minutes but it's another one of those where um, honours are even and it, it, it's pretty clear from the game that it's, it's going to be us two at the top again fighting it out next season or this season Yeah um, 
I think all signs point to that. That was it was a performance where we stood toe to toe with them, and, and we we got right on top of them second half. Um, which I heard somebody mention earlier on, um, very rightly. So it's kind of the reverse way that these games seem to have gone, where, where we're the we're the ones on the front foot earlier on, and, and City end up growing into the game. So, um, David, it's, it's just a. It's just another example of, of where this side are. And, and we'll come on to talk about transfers and stuff and, and where we are as a squad. But of the players coming back in, um, there was a few impressive performances. Mo Salah, you know, he's played 45 minutes pre-season and he rocked up there and he just looked absolutely bright as a button. No, he did, Dave. And, and, and I think Firmino as well. Um Consider all things considered, um, you know, I think it was Ian Dark. I was listening to commentating on him about 48 minutes, the second half. He was talking about, you know, Firmino's legs must be like running through treacle. At 70 minutes, he was still fucking balling. The fitness levels of these guys, they don't seem to lose anything over pre or over the close season anymore. They, they, they tend to look after themselves. And, and that's what we're seeing, you know, both sides. And, you know, like what Neil said, there's completely true. There's a wafer between these teams. You know what I mean? It comes down to, if you even, even take the penalty shootout, there was one missed penalty. You know what I mean? Oh, those The quality of the penalties that were taken, these are two sides at, at the very top. You know what I mean? They're at the very top of Europe, very top of the world. And, you know, you talk about that. I was very impressed with Gomez. I was also impressed whenever Matip came on. Um, he's left off, or he's, taking the, the, the chalice back up again from where he left off last season. And, you know, you sort of see, you're talking about transfers, you can sort of see maybe why Lovren's looking at it going, fuck, I'll, not, I'll probably not be getting any game time here this season. Um, and then this kid Hoover as well, who's touted to get minutes. Um, and, you know, he would appear to be the future. Uh, but, as I say, it was, you know, it was funny. I, I, I really wanted to win the penalty shootout. Neil said, you know, about he's kind of switched off the penalty. I, I was where I really did want to win it. I felt if there was another five minutes, we probably would have won it. And, you know, going back to that closeness again, another goal line technology job, you know, nearly over the line, not quite the header from Mo after the save. Um, you know, we're, we're, we are in really, really good shape. But I think it maybe took that sort of, us getting a little bit battered maybe in, in the first half, but we battered them second half. We really did batter them, um, especially the last 30. We were good the 15 before that, but we just seemed to find a groove. It was almost like at halftime when the club said, well, look, you, you know, this is it. You're 1-0 down. Your season starts here. And, you know, I'm not an advocate of this traveling around the world and going, I know it's lovely for the American fans and the worldwide fans to see the team, wanna, but it fucks up your preseason. Um, and, you know, I think we've got away with one again um, and it's taken us to be in that situation. Maybe this this community shield, charity shield, whatever you want to call it, is a blessing in disguise for us because it, it's caused us to lift ourselves to that level in the first meaningful game. And I think that's only a good thing going into Norwich, Dave. Yeah, I totally agree with that. See, if it was, it was almost like... It was almost like we approached the first half like it was a preseason friendly, and, and we approached the second half like it was a competitive game. We we came out a very different side with a great deal more intent. We were sharper. We were absolutely on it, um, and we we started to suffocate them a little bit. Um, and you know we don't see many teams, if any team, do that to City. What do you think that that was the only difference, or did you see anything else as to 
to why there was such a contrast in the two halves of football from our perspective? Um, no, well, I think you you sort of hit the nail on the head there in the sense of the the change in in attitudes. Um, I think it it can be summed up from you know the first chance that Mo Salah gets in the first half where um, he just he's put he's put on the diagonal basically and he he sacks it with the left foot and it goes wide and post and it's sort of a casual effort like casual finish hits it early but. You know, a really good chance, and I think if if that if that chance comes in the second half, he, I think he's much more focused on how he hits it. I think there was a, a sort of maybe it was a rocket at halftime or whatever, or maybe it, it was the initial plan to sort of turn up the heat in the second half. You know, we saw that a few times last season. Uh, would really kind of ramp it up after the break. Um, we saw City. Actually, a little bit last 15. Uh, obviously, you know that much about their preseason, but it seems their conditioning perhaps isn't quite up to what our, uh, the stage that ours is quite, quite yet. Um, we'll see how that plays out. But you know, it's also it's got to be said that um, you know there are caveats. Of course, City didn't necessarily have their full team out. We also were missing a few players. Um, I think certain players step their game up a little, but again, or between the halves, but uh, again, I think it's more concentration point. You look at Joe Gomez, he had a great second half, really good, and then he moved to right back and, and, and I did well there. Um, um, even though a lot of people, including myself, don't particularly like center. But first half, you know, he run by Raheem, didn't he? And he made one or two other kind of lapses in concentration perhaps in the first half where he was just not quite on it whereas um, I think he, he really grew into the game well um, as as Dave said he mentioned earlier but I think you're right we, we penned them in uh, we kept recycling we kept going we kept going and when we, when we scored the goal was coming um, <clears throat> you know we really under their skin we've mentioned we mentioned earlier in, in the pre-pod um if, if City had been playing, for me, if City had been playing Watford or say we had been playing a different team, come home or actually City hadn't been in the in the, in the game yesterday, yeah, both teams would have wanted to win, but it, it wouldn't have been a, it wouldn't have been in any sense the way in which it was yesterday. And the reason is simple: they're the two best teams, and they're they're actually. You know, locked in, in in rivalry, they're the two best managers in the country and, and potentially the game at the moment. And you know, any game between them, no matter whether it is just the community, community shield, charity shield, is going to be um, is going to be that that intense in the end. And you saw the state of Guardiola. I mean, pretty relaxed. I thought for most of the game, you didn't really see much of him. Um, he did seem to take it a, a little bit more in his stride. Was Guardiola was up to all sorts. Um, losing is cool. So obviously we uh, we give them we give them trouble. They give us trouble. But um, at the end at the end of the day, I can't I can't give any particular reason why we made far more substitutions as well in the game. But I think they only um, I think they only made the three, whereas we made the six. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, what did you think of the impact of the subs, Chief? Because, you know, I thought particularly, you know, Lalana, um, 
and, and Kaida stood out. They just seemed they just seemed as sharp and as fit as I've seen them in a long time. Well, there's three that I can think of straight off the bat. Two you mentioned there that, uh, that made massive contributions when they came on. Obviously, Lana and Kaida are the two you mentioned there. Matip, I thought, played excellently when he came on and obviously he scores the goal, uh, the equaliser. Um, so he did. I mean, Shakiri was lively, had an effort, uh, pushed wide for a, for a corner as well. Uh, it was a good chance, but Tessie could have he could have squared it, but uh, or knocked it across the box. But he went for it at the near post and uh, produced a, a save. So I mean, they all got involved, but we were overrunning them. We were overrunning City in the end, and I think by that stage they were they were tired, uh, and we showed that our our fitness at this stage is certainly superior. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I was very positive. Really, after the second half performance, I was a bit here we go again at half time. To be honest with City, you know, hadn't been much in the game, and they'd sort of scanned a spawny goal, and we'd missed a couple of good chances, and it was a bit like one of them. But um, I, I wouldn't have been happy at all if we'd produced a, a performance pretty much like that, but not managed to get the goal in ninety minutes and lost one nil. I wouldn't have been too chuffed. But to to come away in ninety minutes, as I said, that that's a draw. And we were probably the better team. In a league match, you'll probably say, yeah, City had the best better in the first half, but Liverpool probably did enough to win it in the second half. You know, that would be the punditry. But it didn't happen. Um, but I'm, I'm taking positives from it. The fact that I think that they worry about us in terms of the psyche, particularly the manager. I think they worry about us a lot more than we worry about them. And, you know, they're the ones on top, so they have it all to fear. You know, to be honest, they, they, they're they the ones with something to lose in the league. We're not. Yeah, I can get on board with all of that. Um, Dave, another thing that, that struck me as good as we were uh, on Sunday, the I mentioned it in the group before the game that I thought, looking at that back four, um, Walker, Otamendi, Stones and, and Zinchenko, that that back four could be got at. And with Rodri coming in as well, playing a very different type of football at Atletico under Simeone last season, is there a potential frailty with company now missing at Manchester City that wasn't hasn't been there probably for the last 10 years? Grasping at straws there, Dave. Um, the quality that they have I all am. right. I know. <laughs> In every position. I will I do. Add. I'll continue. <laughs> mm. No, but seriously, you know, like even look Claudio Bravo coming in there to, uh, as goalkeeper yesterday, he was fucking superb. His distribution was second to none. Um, you you know, they're blessed. They're, they're, they have a much better squad. Not, not much better, but they're ahead in the squad. Uh, with us, and, and I think it just comes down to, to permutations and, and what's used. Uh, you know, I said it before, Dave, there's very, very little to choose from between the two teams. Very, very, very little. And well, this, we is have... my, this is my point, Dave. This is my point with that. With last year, there was one point. Uh, if, if you go as far as to say there was, you know, 11 millimeters or whatever it was. Yeah. I mean, that is, it... a, that is a potential weakness, I, I think, because I think. You've got it on the pitch in the sense that, okay, company hasn't necessarily started that many games for them over the last few seasons. But they've Dressing always... room presence to talk about, Neil. Well, there's, there's that off the pitch, massively. That's, that's 
huge. It was going to come to that, but I mean, there's your message there. I mean, off the pitch, that's huge. He's he's basically just been the spokesman for that team for God knows how long. Really you know, he, years. Yeah, and club captain. He's the voice of the team. He's the he's a, you know perfectly measured, intelligent, fucking you know the thing man's footballer, all that kind of stuff. Now, so that's a hugely calming, solid influence gone from the dressing room. But I mean, on the pitch, they've actually. And it's him. It's that blammer against fucking Leicester. It's that blammer against Leicester last season that wins them the title. Because that's the nil nil right there, that game. That's going nil nil. Watching that. And then he just steps forward and smashes one in, old fucking cube head. Like. But he's gone. Potentially, potentially that is that is a weakness because you're looking at it and you're going, okay, Laporte is their, their Van Dyke. Shinchenko is the weakness of that back four anyhow. I, like Salah ran him ragged, Neil. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, Zinchenko again. I mean, is he is he gonna start there? I don't. I don't know. I mean, he he's their he was their utility left back. I'm pretty sure, isn't it? A defensive but midfielder. Mendy's or... an idiot. You know, Mendy doesn't seem to be able to A, stay fit, or B, stay sane. Well, I don't really know what's going on with Mendy, but it seemed at the start of last season, he was like, everyone was going, oh, wow, look at Mendy, he's back in, and this is a brand new shiner. And then he just disappeared, and he's not been seen since. So I think he got injured, but I, I, I don't know what happened, what's happened to him since. So... If Zinchenko does start from that left back, then yes, that's a weakness. But beside them at centre back, we've got Adamendi, who, although is good, has his moments. You know, he, he's a bit of a lovering, you know, if you were comparing them. And your um your John Stones, again, he's not never convinced me. Um, although, you know, he could become he's still become or he is perhaps still becoming a top centre back, but he's still got with, with Laporte back, Neil, who who do you see as their starting pair? Their their best two, Laporte and Otamendi. It's probably you probably look at Laporte and Stones. I don't know. Since well, I'd say Laporte and Stones since he signed them. Um, Otamendi was there. He inherited him. He, he bombed him out. He put Stones in. Then he kind of uh, then then he bombed Stones out and put company back in beside Laporte. Um, but I think it's probably Stones. I mean, I think he probably starts with. with Close to the back four that he started with yesterday. Or were they playing? Yeah. The Tigers are playing a back three as well yesterday. It seemed to be. Yeah, it's. I just. For me. For me, company seemed to play a lot towards the end of last season. He did. Once he, once he got back fit, he played, started every game. Pretty much. Okay. And that's so, where the pressure was, Dave. That's where their, their real pressure came at that time. And I think that's the telling point of it. Do you know how many games he started last season for Manchester City? Would you hazard a guess? No, why? Uh, got it there? Yeah. I'm going 12. He started? How many yeah. he started? 14. Yeah, 13 games. There you go. And that was that whole run at the end of last season when the pressure was really, really on. Because before that, we were seven points clear. And they, and they went and they won 16 games or 17 games in a row or something, the last 16 or 17 games. Like, it's unbelievable. 
but yeah. with company as the as the bedrock. Exactly, exactly. At no other point in the season did they do that. At no other point in the previous season did did they do that without company either. So this is this is new territory for them, you know. And and Dave, new you territory for for any Manchester City title winning side. They've never won a title without company. Yep. Yep. So, Dave, you know, for me, you had a chatter in the, the, the centre half there and who, who's going to start for who's going to start for, for City. Stones or Otamendi. Let's be honest, you wouldn't switch either of them for either of, of Gomez or Matip, would you? Definitely no. not. Definitely, mm. definitely not. It's no. Like, it's like, you know, I, I think we'd forgotten just how good and how quick Joe Gomez actually is in covering ground. Um, he may not make the right call every time, but he's got the pace to get himself out of trouble. And, you know, he's, he's been out a long time, David. He couldn't get back in again because Maddox was fucking superb last season. And Maddox comes comes off the bench, scores the goal, um, <laughs> assisted by Virgil. And, you know, it's going to be... It's a, it's a, a blessed position that we're in. Um, because, as you say... He put a sh- old Gomez put a shift in at right back because Trent really wasn't a racist in that game. No, I don't uh, think either fullback was, to be honest. No, they were they were very very quiet by their standards. Um, Robertson as well, very 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 quiet by his standards. But again, that that'll come. That's not that's not a worry. The rest of them buzzing around. It's only a matter of time before that that, that start starts clicking again. Um, but look, I I wouldn't swap. Our, our back line. I get rid of Lovren, absolutely. Um, and, you know, the fact that, I don't know if you, you saw it, um, the LFC TV put the thing out with the young kid Hoover. Um, so he's, you know, he's getting pushed into the spotlight as well. And, and I think that maybe that's another option for cover at right back because he's, he's, he's looked good there. Um, there's certainly little compilations there. He's, he's a player, that kid. So, you know, I, I was a bit, at the beginning of, of the transfer window, I was like, fuck, we should get the lit. You see, starting out yesterday, and you just looked at it, and Gomez, you know, as you said, took him maybe 20 minutes to get into, into, into the game, but once he did, he was brilliant. Matip just stepped off the bench, like he, like he was, like he just stepped off the pitch in the Champions League final, in my opinion. And that's that's brilliant. That is totally brilliant. And we've got depth there. It's just, I know we're going to talk about it. For me, my, my worry is if, if one of our front three were to get a, get a knock, um, we don't look so clever there. But I'm, you know... Once, once you see the ball kick Nanger again uh, with with semi meaning, let's call it because you know it, it, it took on a it took on a much more more significance because of the opposition. I feel, um, but it's good for us. And then you know we'll play Norwich. Then we have a Super Cup final, another one to get up for. We're gonna we're gonna find our feet quickly. I think this season. Yes, we are in good shape. And and Chief, you, you kind of I think we I think we all forgot how good Joe Gomez really is and. I know there were cries for delete from from quarters last year, um, but realistically, is Gomez as good? I mean, the point about Joe Gomez is I don't think anyone forgot how good he was or how good he is. The question is just can he keep him fit? Can he stay fit? I know it's not it's not it's not really fitness. In inverted commas, because he's, he's mostly getting done over by impact injuries. Certainly, the last it's availability. Let's say availability. Yeah, exactly. The umbrella of availability. How often can he be available? 
And if he isn't going to be available for half the season again, then what are your backup options like? And then if you're looking to improve your backup options, should be should you know, should you be looking to improve backup or first team? You know, and that's a whole other debate. But to be honest, if you can keep him fit and he can put in a 35 game season in the league, like Virgil did last season, I think he did 38 actually. Um, then you're you're going to be you're going to have the best defence in the league if he partners Virgil. There's no doubt about that. I mean, you saw, if you look at the stats for the first half of last season where those two actually partnered each other, we didn't concede goals. Like, our goals against Column was fucking glorious to look at. Uh, we ended up conceding a few more towards the end of the season, even though... But then, but then Matt yeah. threw you, do you a remember, different option what, as well, Neil. I thought, you know, Matt was those marauding runs from the back and whatnot. He, yeah, he, he gave you a different dynamic. Matt came in and, and did a good job, a really good job. He was excellent. But, Chief, I think you're right. Wasn't it Wasn't our goals against our Colin? Goals wasn't, it, wasn't it was zero for ages? It was staggeringly low. It was under, I mean, I don't know what it was. Did we not concede a goal for our first eight or nine games? Yeah, I think I remember at the start of the season our goals against Colin was zero for games and games and games, and then we took out of going. We're never going to concede consecutive clean sheets ever in the first Premier League season and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure he did. Oh, that's that's right, that's right. That was for for I most most in a debut season or some something like that. Yeah, but we 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 were not conceding goals. Those two seemed to have absolutely everything playing beside each played, so they were sweeping up for each other and organising each other and whatever. Virgil was, I, you would imagine, talking Joe Gomez through it a little bit, but both of them are quick, both of them are strong, both of them are tall, both of them read the game immaculately. So, they were... And both of them are really, really good on the ball, which I think is imperative in a side like this. Yeah, they know how to use it. They, they can pick passes short and long. Um, you know, and they they play with their heads up. So, as good hey, as Matthew can I just interrupt? Can I just interrupt you? I just wanted to say, do you remember the the one on one chance Sterling had? And I don't know whether you guys noticed, and and this is my interpretation of it. He looked over his shoulder to see where Van Dyke was, as opposed to just going for goal. Van Dyke was fucking steaming down. He cut off the the ball. I think it was Walker, uh, who was on the other yeah. side. Allison, the, he cut off the square ball, and in the process, just seemed to. You know, that just cause Sterling to hesitate a moment, and, and Allison got. But it's that kind of thing with Van Dyke. You know, players are scared of him. Where is he? You know, even in their one-one situation, they're looking over their shoulder to see where he is. And you know, that, that's that's Man City, and that that speaks volumes. Well, Van Dyke's a, a colossus at the moment, and you know, his last season showed that he's sure in favourite to win PFA Player of the Year. Or, uh, sorry, he's even, he, he won he won that didn't he? Didn't he? He did indeed, he, and and he, apparently he was dribbled past by Gabriel Jesus, but I didn't see it myself. He was passed. He won PFA Player of the Year, and he's on the Ballon d'Or shortlist and all the rest of it. So I mean, there's no doubt about Virgil's cred, uh, credentials, but Joe Gomez is right up there as well. And I remember last season when they were playing regularly together, when they had that stint at the start of the season, that by the end of it, people were starting to say, fuck it, go could give Van Dyke a run for his money and, you know, all that kind of, you know, a little bit in jest, but at the same time, you were saying, well, Joe Gomez is only 20, you know? So, 
he really could in a year or two. So you keep him fit, it's class. I think he, he is potentially as good as the lid if you if you can keep him fit and get him playing all of those games, get him playing in Europe, make him established as the you know part of the, the number one defensive partnership. Uh, I think we are. You know, if you if you're looking at City and going, they are Laporte plus one with uh, Zinchenko playing at left back potentially. Although they brought this um, guy in today, haven't they? From Juventus, what's his name? Yeah, they brought Cancelo in, but I think he's predominantly a right back, isn't isn't he? Who is a right back? But Kyle Walker, then they're going to use Kyle. They're going to play three centre backs. I think they, they could play Kyle Walker. As, they could play Kyle Walker as a fourth centre back, like he's been doing for England. I don't know. They could play Fernandinho a bit at centre half this year, I, possibly. Did you notice yesterday? I think they played a little bit three at the back. They used, used that system with Kyle Walker in there, and they had um, they had Zinchenko playing really high up, and they had someone else on the right, Bernardo Silva. I think it was playing really high up. Not quite. I can't remember. But there were times. So I wonder is, is Guardiola thinking about that um, with him signing right back but I you know the company thing you asked about before if you're losing company and potentially Mendy or and you've, you've lost Delph although he wasn't that great but he did play a left back for them um, you know you, you're asking a little bit there you're asking a little bit for these players to settle and for everything to go to go swimmingly like and then you've, you've Aguero wrong side of 30 Fernandinho wrong side of 30 David Silver the wrong side of 30 whereas we're the young team you know, we're 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 still we're still to peak. Or you feel that maybe this city team has peaked now? Well, you you've got to imagine that the last two seasons have taken a lot out of them. And the hundred and ninety eight points, I and mean, whoever somebody did a stats thing about their actual performance over the last two seasons, you know, how many games they've won, how many goals they've scored, how many goals they've conceded, etc. Et it's fucking unbelievable. I mean, it's unbelievable. So if they can keep that up for another year for another season and produce the same, then, you know, again, horrible saying, like with Fair Fox Um Because it's going to take that to, to, to stay ahead of Liverpool this season. I think Liverpool will put in a, another season like last one. And I think Guardiola knows, said he knows that they're going to have to reproduce to, to win it again and potentially do even better if they want to, to really challenge in the Champions League and not get knocked out again in the, uh, in the early knockout stages, shall we say. So, you know, if they can, if they get another 100 points, then they're the... Say anything about it. You know, this, this particular crop, this Guardiola era. But, you know, they're going to have to do it. Um, there, there are potential chinks. We're obviously looking for those because we need to make that slight gap up. Do you know what I mean? As Liverpool fans, you're looking for any chink in their armour because they're pretty well stocked and pretty well gunned all over the pitch. But you're looking at wee things, wee transitions, as you mentioned, Dave Dunning, like can Rodri suddenly slip in the, from going to ultra-defensive, ultra-compact to play in the City way? Um, we'll see. Can he adapt really well? Um, what happens if they get a, an injury to Aguero? Well, I mean, Gabby Jesus kind of answered that last season, didn't he? Will the what, happens if, what happens if Leroy Sané goes... Yeah, what happens if Sani goes? Well, I mean, again... Still with Mares. Honestly, they're, they're not short. They're not short, that's it. But you've got to go, well, will Mares have this quite the same impact? Although he does score for them pretty regularly when he plays. He does have a good record for them. He is a top player. There's no doubt about it. So, 
you're looking for these marginal things, but at the end of the day, they looked good yesterday as well, and they were without key players, so they're going to be right up there. And I'm not really expecting much of a drop-off from them, to be honest. No, I don't expect much of a drop-off either, and they are unbelievably stocked in all areas, but at the same time, you know, Dave, we're, we've, we've discussed the, the strength of, of the back line there. In midfield, as far as available players were, were yesterday, we had Henderson, Fabinho, Wijnaldum, Milner, Lalana, Oxlade-Chamberlain, Kaida, and Shakiri. So, realistically, you can't do any more with that midfield, can you? What you need, sorry, sorry, but the one thing you're missing there, unless you're getting, unless you're getting it out of Kaida, perhaps this season, the one thing you're missing there is goals. Yeah, that that's you're you're potentially you're potentially right. Um, I I don't know whether, you know, that essentially is. There's more of a burden on on Kaida and, and Oxley Chamberlain for that than the rest of the midfielders, I would suggest. And we didn't really have either of them last year. Um, but yes, you would like a goal scoring midfielder or somebody who can certainly um, contribute. You know, eight goals, eight league goals. You know, could be massive. Well, like Dave, honestly, I would like to think that if if the Ox and now Kaida stay injury free or relatively injury free. They would be looking at eight to ten goals each. Um, certainly, if the Ox gets back to what he was um, pre-injury, you'd be you'd maybe be looking for more than ten goals of him. Uh, I, I don't know what was what was Keita's, uh return in the Bundesliga. I'm sure he was on the eight, eight to ten goals uh, whenever he was at Leipzig. Yeah, well, that's the interesting one because he's he's actually posted numbers before, you know, and you know, and he he's the one that he's the most back. likely. Neil, he finds himself in those positions. He he makes those positions for himself, whereas maybe the Hendersons, the Milners don't. I think the thing with Kaida, I think the thing with Kaida is we we know how how numbers and stats orientated these guys are on on the recruitment team, and um, you know, they they, I don't know where I saw it, um. But they talked about how Kaida's stats were just off the charts at both ends of the pitch. And that's essentially what they've bought him for. So they've bought him with contributing in the goals column in mind. You know, so statistically, theoretically speaking, that's what he should be doing. Or that's what they're relying on for. Are we maybe looking at this team wrongly? Maybe Um, we are. No, because, you know, there's a train of thought out there that, that, that would lead you to, to believe that to be in a Klopp midfield three, you need to be a workhorse. And, and you know, you, you, you forfeit style, you forfeit creativity for hard graft because you have all of those attributes in abundance with the three in front of you. Um, you know, you have the defensive attributes in bundles um, in the back two. You've got... The, the extra two attackers um, with the balls that are whipped in from, from the fullbacks. Yeah, well, Dave, I, I kind of agree with that. And, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dumb down, for want of a better expression, the role of, of the midfield really three from the midfield. By, by calling them workhorses. You know, they're, they're, they have to be technically really, really good. They have to be able to move the ball quickly pass it short and long and they have to be tactically 
disciplined and tactically okay, intelligent. Would it, fair, would, would it be fair to, to look at, at Manchester City's uh, midfield and ours and see a real difference in functionality? There, there is a difference in functionality, absolutely. Yeah, I, 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 agree, I agree with that. I think to be you. honest, if, if you're talking Sorry. about more, go- if you're talking about more goals from the midfield, um, honest, I would like, if, I would, I would like to see more goals from fullback next year or this this season. I'd like to see Robertson chipping in with, you know, three, four, five goals. I'd like to see Trent scoring three or four free kicks and and scoring goals like like he did for England in that friendly. And he's done it a couple of times for us when he's coming in the back post and he just leathers it into the far corner. So I'd like to see maybe 10 goals from fullback would be fucking brilliant. But I yeah, think that across the, the two of them. Yeah, across the two of them. The functionality there, it's different in the club side where if you want to talk about the attacking five, the attacking five is the front three and the two fullbacks, you know? And maybe if you want one of those midfielders, if you have Kyler Oxley team and that's six attacking players, then you've got one of the other midfielders. Is, is, is that the compromise, Dave? Is that, is that the compromise Klopp makes? I'm, I'm forfeiting goals. I'm compromising on goals from a midfield because I know these two kids on, on, on the, the fullbacks, on the flanks, are going to provide the quality um, required to the quality three up front and everything's going to be fine. The, the, the midfield work. Yeah, I, I think Chief will be able to tell you better than either of us will, but my understanding is that Klopp has predominantly relied on fullbacks more than most for, for attacking outlet in, in favour of getting that from the midfield. Would that be right? Yeah, I mean, essentially, when when Dortmund came through under him and, and blasted you know, their way uh, onto, onto everybody's consciousness... It was the fullbacks really that um, that played a pivotal role. I mean, it's been the same with us, you know. That's why whenever we had Klein for a season or more, a lot of people were saying, "Oh, but he's, he's you know he's a good fullback and you know he he does his job well. He's seven out of ten every week." But you knew, having seen Klopp at Dortmund and knowing what he was trying to implement and the kind of fullbacks we were linked with and whatever, that we weren't getting anything like what we, we should have been getting out of our out of our fullback position in terms of attack and contribution. Having said that, our both our fullbacks had stellar seasons last season. They're breaking records. They're vying with each other to you know to break the records. Um you know other teams are gonna have looked at that. There's there's no doubt about that. They're gonna look to try and uh, and cut that that source off. They're gonna look to, to push on on them. And you know, it might might not work. They, they might get caught out. They, they might get destroyed. But they're certainly they're certainly going to have a little look at doing that. And there is a chance that the creativity might be might be stifled a little from from those areas. And I think as you move forward as a team, the only way this team for me I think can can really progress now on the pitch. I mean, okay, you've got your, you've got Sadio Mane and Mo Salah both. Sharing the top goal scorer accolade, you know, I'd say you, you could probably argue each of them could have scored five more over the course of the season, but they're they're both up there. You got Bobby Firmino chipping in with a load as well. You've got Trent and Robbo breaking records for assists. You've got uh, Virgil breaking records and Allison breaking records and all sorts. So where can you really improve? The only place you can really improve is is to add more more goals. 
and there are only certain places going to come, come from. And I can I can get on board with the you know Andy Robbo doing the Steve Nickel and, and kind of plowing a few in at, you know arriving late at the far post or whatever or, or Trent doing something similar maybe maybe a few goals from free kicks, Trent. Um, but you you got to and and I can also get on board with the the idea that Naby Keita might do it. There was one season, his first season really, Leipzig, where I think he got eleven um, from midfield. And I think I was about one and three. Um, and that's, you know, that's the kind of thing you, you want to be looking at. Ox, although he's done, he, he scored a couple of big goals for us and a few spectacular ones, he's never had the numbers, certainly not in terms of goals. How much is that down to injury, though, Neil? Yeah, he can, he can wrap them in from time to time. Um, you know, and, you know, potentially... Um, that could all improve, of course, but but yeah, just just in terms of numbers, the one thing that you're possibly missing in there is is it is someone who's going to get you 15 from midfield, you know? <laughs> yeah, Oxley Chamberlain kind of excites me, excites me this year. I, I mean, you're absolutely right in what you're saying, Chief. He doesn't give you the numbers, but realistically, we've seen him play in that advanced midfield role for six months of his career. That's it. You know, he didn't really get in the first season that he'd signed until probably November, December time. He comes on as a good game at West Ham, I think I remember, and he kind of kicks on from there. And then he goes out against Roma. And I just wonder where he would have been last year, numbers-wise, had he not got that injury. So I'm kind of hoping if he gets the game time, we're talking maybe, you know, one and four. One and four would be brilliant, you know. Yeah, I mean, well, if you could get, I mean, if you could get ten each, as you said, from from Oxide Chamberlain and and Kaida over the season, then then you're laughing, then you know, then your goal scoring problem from midfield is solved, or or your numbers from midfield are getting chipped in anyway. Yeah, that's a lot to ask for, Chief. Though, because I don't think like who were who were City's top goal scorers from midfield last year. You know, if yeah, you think about right. it, really. Right. Just on the, without without having the numbers, I maybe have a wee look in a second. But just on the eye test, you, you tend to you, you tend to have a feeling that you know Bernardo Silva and the like were popping up, and David Silva and whatever were popping up. The yeah, Bernardo Silva did play time in the front three as well. I think I think this the thing is, I don't know, Dave. Do you think that a goal scoring midfielder is is becoming a thing of the past because now you have a front three as opposed to when you had that goal-scoring midfielder, you drew, you drew two centre-forwards and then you had a David Platt or somebody who was going to chip in and he would be your he'd be your third your third goal-scorer if you want. You know, you'd have your two forwards, your two top goal-scorers and then it would be your attacking midfielder or whatever. So as, as the game evolves past that with, like a, with, with this 4-3-3 system? I think with Klopp's 4-3-3, Dave, it's certainly been diluted heavily. Um, you know, look, you're, you're always going to get goals being chipped in uh, from, from midfield. Maybe not the numbers that we're looking for. Uh, you, you know, like I think they all scored last season, all the midfield. Uh, we had had something in the goals column. Um, again, Fabinho, you don't expect much um, of a return there. It's not really his role. Henderson could probably chip in with a few more, but then. You know, it, it, I, I, you know, I know, I know you don't like me saying it, but it's the work, 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 and it's it's that pressing and that pressing machine in midfield. Um, and look, 
there's always going to be goals come from midfield, but it's just how many that you need. The, the front three, as I alluded to, the, the front three that we have shouldn't really need that much of an assistance from the midfield um, in, in terms of goal scoring because they, they, they're so free scoring. Like you, you alluded to it yourself, we have not one golden boot winner. We had two golden boot winners last season. Also stand between them is Firmino. And, you know, he scores plenty. And what, when he's not scoring, he is creating. He is the brain, as far as I'm concerned. It's not something I, I'm concerned about. I don't think it's... I don't think it's it's throughout football. I don't think it's, it's changed. But certainly, for, for the attacking teams, um, certainly of, of the mindset of the Guardiola's and the Klopp of this world, I think maybe the midfield has been... There's an acceptance of, of some, some form of being diluted um, in, in contributions to goals. Yeah, I just I just have that feeling though that City have just got more goals than us. They've got goals in all areas of the pitch, and if a ball breaks to any one of their front seven, you would fancy them to bury it. Whereas we don't have that, and um, that's really what I'm what I'm getting at. So hopefully we will have that this season with Nabi Kaida certainly is one, and and hopefully Ox. As as you say, Dave can can kick on and uh, you know realize his potential in that in that advanced role. But you can never have too many goal scorers, um, and that's just one thing that I noticed from that midfield. You've got a lot of players who can. You've got a few players who can carry the ball. A few players who can knit it together. A lot of players who's going to necessarily get you the goals. Not that you, not that you absolutely have to have at all, but that are very nice to have. Thanks very much. You know what I mean. That would just be my take on it personally. I mean, at the same time, I don't think we're uh, we're short in midfield at all. I mean, there are eight of them there from the from the lineup yesterday that you mentioned. So um, we'll have to see if anything happens in the in the next week or so, but. Potentially, there is room there. You know, there the all kinds of links to, however tenuous, two players who, who kind of fit that bill. So, you never know. So, Dave, how much have how much you've enjoyed today? Has today been one of the greatest days of your Liverpool supporting life? Why would that? Simon Mignolet's gone. Simon Mignolet is no longer a Liverpool player. Seriously, no, I didn't. I have not seen any news today. I came running home here to do this pod, so that's that's actually news to me. Bruce, um, oh, fair play to him. Listen, I think the, the the guy has been. Well, he's not the best keeper in the world. We know that, but you know he was. He certainly has played a part last season. He kept his head down. He had the right attitude last season. He seems to have got a lot of plaudits from from the team and whatnot for for his attitude and so on. Pre-season demonstrated why we needed rid of him, sadly. Um, and that's the truth of it. So, you, you know, I wish him nothing but luck. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's, it's a joyous day or anything, Dave. That would have been maybe two seasons ago. <laughs> if it had been done, I'd be fucking jumping him up and down. But uh, today, you know, when, when you have your first-team goalkeeper there and you're satisfied with him, you know, you, you can sort of you know, put a sentiment with him going, um, even though he's fucking calamity most of the time. Um, you know, the thing about it was, there's a goalkeeper in there, but there's just far too many mistakes in him, um, and, and I think that's that's the problem. And, and it was the same with Carius as well. You know, there was a goalkeeper in there, but sadly, the the, the highlights reel was as many mistakes as there were good saves. 
Yeah. yeah so go on, man. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Chief. Have your have your say on our good pal Simon. Yeah, I just think he never really had the mentality for a for a top, you know, a real top club. Uh, I think probably the same with Carriers. I think that's probably the difference with goalkeepers, isn't it? Some of them can can really handle the the pressure and the, the expectation of of not losing games, not making mistakes, or if you do, just getting it up, getting up and and brushing yourself off and and getting on with it. Whereas others kind of dwell a bit and maybe second guess themselves. And I, I think that was definitely the case with Mignolet. Um, I don't think the crowd ever were ever convinced by him. Um, to be honest, he, he had periods where people were a little less harsh on him but to be honest I think right from the start his card was pretty much marked and I don't think in that situation he could ever really have felt himself that he he belonged and yeah I wish him well whatever all the best to him um, it, it's it's uh, probably a decent move he's gone to the club Bruges I think they're probably Belgian champions and certainly they're, they're always in the mix and they're going for the Champions League so um, fair play but yeah, time time to say goodbye. Yeah, and um, so we've brought in Adrian, which I think's probably smart for no money, which is also smart. Because um, allegedly we have no money, Dave. <laughs> well, yes, allegedly we have no money. So um, I suppose that brings us to the, the front three here. And we probably haven't sold as much as we would have liked to in the summer. Um there's players still there that I think everybody expected to go at one point or another, whether it be, you know, Wilson, Kent, um, Lovren, Lalana, Klein, um, and they're all still knocking around. Um, but Dave, do you think that do you think that we're short at the top end of the pitch? It's not that we're short, Dave. It's just I I, I don't think I have a great deal of confidence if Big Div uh, were to be our cover for say maybe two months I, I wouldn't I don't think I'd be happy with that I think it would it would have a, a big impact on us I think we're gambling as as we always do um, and you know we, we've sat here before in these pods and we've given out about you know what we what we didn't buy in windows and so on and it hasn't hasn't turned out just half as bad as what our doomsday scenario in our heads would have been. But there's no getting away from it. Um, I would have liked another one of quality. And, you know, we've, we've banged on all summer about Nicholas Pepe and we've talked about Bruno Fernandes. And, you know, like my own opinion is that Nicholas Pepe shows complete and utter lack of ambition in his career. If he can't fight for a place um, in our front three, it sort of tells you the mentality's not there, uh, in, in my opinion. Because if you're a professional footballer, you're playing any game at, at the top level, you want to play with better players than yourself to make yourself better. And that goes for any sport. Um, you only improve by, by, by being around people who are better than you and mentoring you. So I, I don't get that one. But I do. I, I just wish we'd, we'd brought something in. Um, and, you know, there's there's a lot of talk that it's all being put on, uh, you know, keeping the powder dry for next season and whatnot. That's a gamble. Um, it may be a gamble that pays off. It may be a gamble that, that, that we regret by Christmas. Uh, I hope it's not. But, you know, there's still a slight possibility, I suppose, a very, very, very faint possibility that they may surprise us. But, you know, even I think the journals, everybody these days has sort of resigned themselves to the fact that 
there's going to be very, very little coming in. If, if anything does come in, that's going to have us jump up, up off our seats with excitement. And, and, and as I say, I'll just keep going back to it. I see it as a gamble. Yeah, so Chief, there's, there's obviously some sort of reason that we haven't signed anybody. But it's, it's, the question is, is trying to boil it down to, to which one or number of those reasons that it is. So, you know, is it because he doesn't want to, to stunt Brewster's development and, and he's made these promises and assurances with Brewster, so there's no need to? Is it because he's got eight midfielders, as we've discussed, and he's going to have to get them well, game time somewhere? If there's such confidence in Brewster, Dave, sorry to interrupt you, if there's such confidence in Brewster, he wasn't even on the fucking squad yesterday. Yeah, as a, I don't know the answer, Dave. I'm just asking the question, man. You know, I don't know. This is this is only these are the only things that we've heard in the past. Is he going to use midfielders higher up the pitch because he's got so many of them? I don't know. Is it a money thing, um, or is as, as Dave has alluded to there, Chief? Is is it because we're going to go hard and we're going to go big next next summer and? There really is no benefit in signing, you know, a, a twenty-five million pound stopgap until then. And ultimately, people said we were short at the top end of the pitch last season. We one thing we didn't struggle with was was for, was for goals. Yeah, well, I mean, I think this is what I was alluding to with my goal scorer midfielder chat earlier. It's not necessarily somebody to join that eight, maybe to join the front three. It's the one that that plays in between the fourth. The fourth wheel, so to speak. Um, <clears throat> we know, we know our our links with certain players that almost signed and haven't signed. And are we looking for a player in that position? And we're still linked with players in that position and whatever. So <clears throat> that would be the one space. I agree with Dave. I don't think we're desperate at all. I don't think, as it stands, that we actually really need. But if if Mane or Salah or Bobby, any of them, were to get a proper injury, then you, you would be in trouble because if you're just going to bring in a Brewster or a, from, from pre-season, he doesn't look like he's ready yet. He looks close, but he certainly doesn't look like someone you're going to come in and rely on to do the job of one of those three straight away. It's, it's not a Michael Owen, and it's not a Robbie Fowler, and it's not a Stephen Gerrard who you know who burst out of our our youth ranks. And, well, he doesn't seem to have that. He's not that, that level. He, yeah, that level, but he doesn't seem to have that personality either. He doesn't seem to have that that you know they had. They knew it. Those 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 like yeah, I remember and Owen. I, I remember, know, they I had, remember they had that in speed. <laughs> So, so far, you haven't seen enough from him. You can just say that. Divock, you know, he's contributed massively last season. But again, you see him play and it is still only pre-season. But, but the one yesterday where he just let it go through his legs and how to play, like, come on, lad. Yeah, he's, he's, I love him, but he's, he's limited, let's say. He's limited and he's inconsistent, you know, and you can't rely on that by definition. And that's what worries me about a two-month stint, Neil, or anything more than than, than a couple that, of weeks. Exactly. That, that's the big question. So your question, Dave, was about, you know, what? why is the reason? Why is he taking this gamble? It is a massive gamble. Will he end up taking it? Probably. I'm not 100% convinced we don't sign someone still. But I think it, 
you know, there was that thread on Twitter, the Mo Chatra one that everybody read or a lot of people read and talked about and laid out the finances and how it all broke down and all the rest of it. And it could be a case of not that we need to sell the buy, but that we want that we want to trim a somewhat bloated squad if we're going to add somebody um, <clears throat> on high wages. I also think that we probably are going for a big one next year, but I think it's too much of a gamble to... to to, to do that. I think a year, I think everyone knows a season is, is a hugely long time in football and a lot of things can happen. And if, if if the worst were to happen, we would be short this season and we are going to be. And I think there's another another way to look at it as well, Neil. You know, we waited on Van Dyke, but we waited on Van Dyke to, to, to go to a next level. If you know what I mean, we're already at the next level now. Um, you know, the, the, it's a completely different time. You know, we're at the top. We're challenging at the top. Um, you know, it, it, we, we weren't, there wasn't big things expected of us. Um, you know, when we missed Van Dyke and uh, two seasons ago in the summer and then we picked him up in, in, in January. Um, you know, we were a completely different expectation level, if you will. And I think that this one is, is a little more baffling. You know, you can sit back and you can say, you know, well, he waited on Van Dyke. He got his man. He got the man. And look, look what happened. And, and, and that's all true. But we're at that level now. You know, we are we are contenders. We are European champions. We it is to me. I just feel it is such a wasted opportunity. Um, now the finances may come into play, but it feels like a wasted opportunity. Yeah, it does. I mean, if we were to, I think if we were to finish, listen, it's all it's going to be. Listen, the proof's all going to the proof the pudding's going to be in the eating. If we don't sign anyone and we do get a bad injury to one of the front three. And it has a detrimental effect on our season. We're all gonna we're all gonna be sitting here saying, you know, this that was a massive wasted opportunity. Exactly like you're like you're saying now. And if if on the other hand we go through the season and, and things go well for us, we don't get any serious injuries to the front three and you know, we post another great season and potentially win the league or or come a very close second or whatever, win another trophy. Then we'll sit there and go see. You know, it wasn't such a such a big deal, and that's that's the way these things work out. But as a and then the sign know, Mbappe. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's also what was coming to. You're talking about the next level. If we are potentially in any way lining up a you know a 150 million a 200 million euro deal for next summer, then why would you go out and spend 50 mil of your budget just as a stopgap? Um, you know, but at the same time, that that can't be your only plan. Your only plan cannot be, yeah, we're just going to buy one absolute superstar in a season, and we're not going to sign anyone else ever. Do you, you know what I mean? There has to be there has to be other there has to be other thinking around that. So I think it's good for a squad as well, Neil, to have you know f- fresh legs, fresh blood into it to to, to shake a place up a bit as well. Um, you, you know, the, you hear ex pros and whatnot talk about you know freshening. Freshen in the dressing room up and new personalities, different things. Again, there, there's not a great deal in there. You know, I don't think what 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 has come in. If you know, the kids basically, they're not going to be big big personalities. They're not going to be big dressing room players. Um, so so for on that angle as well, you sort of, you know, to stop things stagnating, you freshen things up. And and I don't think things are stagnating in any way. But it, it's it's just. It's maybe a new way of doing, doing business. Maybe it's, this is where the you know you talked about is have have we evolved? Maybe this is evolution. Yeah, I mean it's 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 difficult to know. It's difficult to know without having access to all the facts and and being privy to to all the information. 
moves that will be made in the in the window. I mean, there's four days left or three days left in there. I still think there'll be a few things that will happen. As to whether we we do anything, it's looking less less likely. Obviously, as time takes by, but you just never know. Um, but if we don't, we're just going to have to sit tight and and hope that it goes well. And you know, maybe we we assault the the, the market in January, or maybe we we have a huge summer next summer. Maybe we we get a Jaden Sancho or an Mbappe or, or something like that. But you know, if we don't, there's going to be there's going to be hell to pay at some point. Yeah, I think I agree with everything everything that you've both said. Um, I just think that the thing is, it's it's really, really difficult to do what we're saying we, we should have done and what we all wanted us to do because what you're looking at is you're looking at either a young under-21 player who is literally going to be the next big thing, um, like, say... Federico Chiesa or somebody like this, but essentially, Harvard, you're someone like that. Some, yeah, but yeah, grand. But what you're saying is, um, there's 80 million pounds potentially for someone who is essentially Brewster, who's essentially what Klopp is viewing Brewster to be, and you're also trying to convince them to give up regular first team football in one of the top five leagues in the world and European football. But Dave, so, if you look, at, if you look at our schedule. We have the European Super Cup with the World Club Champion. This Dave, is the season. Dave, Dave, this is I, the season that we needed something. We really, and I, I, I beggars belief. Dave, I know what you're saying, and I'm not saying that I disagree with you both. I'm just saying it's really, really hard to go and actually source and and buy and agree terms with a player like this. That's a difficult one to sell to someone like that. The other profile is someone who is either as good or better than. Mane or Salah. That's I mean, what you're looking for. Because yeah. it's going to be 70, 70 million for someone who's even just maybe 10% worse than them. And so I'm still banging the ZX drum, 25 mil release clause. I'm still yeah, that, that one does make sense. And, and you'd think, hopefully, you know, he, he has absolute numbers and you'd think that he could come, come on and contribute. But those players, see if they're... 26, they're, though, isn't he? Or 26 or 27? Yeah, 20, he is. 26. He is a little bit outside the profile, but you think for that money that... It, it, 25 it, it's, it's a no-brainer. He's, you know, it's Shakiri. It's Shakiri. Yeah, it's Shakiri, but with, with Champions League numbers, a Champions League semi-finalist, you know, someone who, who, can, who can play across the front three, someone who... You can pick up for pretty much, as you said, security money next to nothing, especially in this year's market. I mean, if Harry fucking Maguire's going for 85 mil, then if you land Hakim Ziyech for 25, you're, you're going to be happy. Obviously, you have to pay him a fair chunk, but not that much, I'm sure. I'm sure you could get him to fucking sign for 150, 160 grand a week, something like that. I mean, I'm sure he would. Neil, you know, with you, you know the way the clubs are run in Germany and it's all, you, you know, and... and the, this appears to me, anyhow, I was thinking about this the other day. It's, it's FSG, are, are, we've said it before in this pod as well, they're running a very sort of German um, model, if you will. Um, you know, it's all on, you know, planning for the future. They know, they're, they're, they know who they're going to be looking at in two seasons' time as potential signings and so on. And maybe they're not going for that kid in Ajax just simply because, 
you know, if they do bring in their main targets next season, he's, you know, what do you do with him? You know, there's going to be no game time for maybe, maybe they're. But there's there's bound to be, you know. Listen, I I I, I would get on board with that as well. Is you, you don't bring on someone who's potentially going to block a bigger signing, a bigger fish further down the line. You know that that makes sense. Um, and you got a plan. Like if, if we'd have gone and bought Harry Maguire whenever we couldn't uh, get Van Dyke. Well, the, well then, you, you know what I mean. Ah, you wouldn't have done that because for me, Virgil, and I think for most people around the world looking at it, even if you look at the Kula Valleys and the and the Delicts and whatever, Virgil van Dijk is head and shoulders above them all. And Harry Maguire wouldn't even come into the into the conversation. But I, I agree with, with what you're saying. You don't want to block potentially something better. I mean, that's life in, ge- in general. Um, At the same time, while you're while you're laying down your best laid plans, life happens around you, and, and there are certain things that you can't plan for, and there are certain things that you you know you have to you have to you have to make a decision on now rather than, than later. And my only worry is that you you are potentially lost, you are potentially left with 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 a couple of months without, or heaven forbid, six months without one of your really key attacking players, and then you're going to wish you had one. And even if you're not, even if between them, the three attacking players only get minor slight strains here and there over the course of the season and, and don't get, uh, don't, don't have to sit out too many league games, you're still potentially having someone to cover all of those league games, plus cup games, plus games in Europe, plus and yada, yada. And you are going to get knocks over the season. And at the same time, if next year you are going to go on and sign somebody else, who's to say that Sadio Mane doesn't decide to go to Real Madrid next year or that um, Real Madrid or Barcelona or whoever don't decide that they want to break the bank and go $250 million for, for Salah? I mean, you, you just don't know about these things. So you can make these plans. Well, and then it, we need to sign two, Neil. That's the, that's the only yeah, difference. It's not one we need anymore. It's two. And you have to, and you should, and it's very wise. But you sh- you should also make sure you're covered um, in the here and now, rather than just future planning. You know what I mean? You're, just, that, that's why I feel the whole the whole season looks like a gamble at the minute on on that premises. Exactly, because if you if you get into trouble, and keep having the caveat that that it is a case of if you lose somebody, but it, you know it is only one, and it's only one. Really, of of certain key players, maybe three, four key players in the squad. But if you were to lose any one of those for a long period, the team would be would be up against it, shall we say? Yeah, guys, I, you you know I I agree with everything you say. As I said, I just think that I mean that's great part the, as well. Yeah, I just, I, at the minute. And I'm not. I'm not justifying this at all. I'm just. I'm just trying to understand why the decision has been made. And the only thing that I can think, or not the only thing I can think, but the the thing that I can hope as to why we haven't signed a player this year is because there isn't any po- there isn't any point going out and signing a fifty or sixty million pound forward because they're only going to they're only going to get their games really in the circumstances that you've described. If someone's out for two months, if someone's out for six months. Otherwise, they're going to get a handful of games and you're paying them how much money to do that. You really need to be bringing someone in 
who is as good as or better than Salah or Mane. And that so, is... So what you're suggesting, Dave, is we, we could use a loan deal. Now, if we got Alex Pochettino on loan for a season the price was right, that would be perfect. Or a Dembele. It would be absolutely perfect. It would be absolutely perfect. Yeah, a loan would make sense on that premise. You see where we are again then next season. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you want to talk about the Pochettino loan rumour? Put it like this. Uh, he... His agent has said if he ever came back to the Premier League, it would only be to Liverpool. So, there, so therefore, like unless it's Barca just you know acting the piss artists and, and you know trying to trying to whip up a bit of interest from elsewhere by by putting that out there. But if if Coutinho's coming back to the Premier, League, I would imagine it would be to us. And honestly, I, I would I, I I wouldn't be that keen on buying him. But you know what? If it meant us getting our money um, that they owe us. Uh, as, as part of that and whatnot, uh, and we can do that as part of the deal. I think he took a wage drop to go to Barca, so he wouldn't be costing us what he was costing us whenever he was there. And it's a stopgap for a season. And you know, with, with all the things that we've discussed and the possibilities, the endless possibilities of what may be in front in the following seasons, I, I you know, I, I was, I don't think he should ever come back. But I would take him on a year's loan. Yeah, I mean. I would take. I just find the whole idea quite far fetched that that it would ever happen. But I mean, as you say, they've said that he's got a, a loan agreement with a Premier League club, and previous statements have said that uh, he would only come back to Liverpool. Have said that. I mean, it, it, it does make sense in so many ways. Neil, every every way you look at it, it makes you know. I'm looking at it going, you know, that could actually happen. And and you, you also. So, you know, you, you think that it's one of those ones that could actually happen. And the fact that he'd be coming in so late in the window, he's already up to speed in how we, you know, he's already part of the furniture. So, therefore, well, you can bring that. him in. And, you can bring him in the last day of the season and, and he can actually be useful because he, he's already acclimatized. He's, he's coming home, so to speak. I don't like that term, but you know what I'm saying. And all the other players would be able to rub it in his face whenever he gets back. And all have a great time at his expense after what happened. Uh, just just wear the Champions League winners' medals. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's any better reason than that to bring him back, to be honest. Just to turn up the training on the first day in full fucking medals and Champions yeah. League kit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All carrying a picture of themselves holding, holding the trophy. Medals. Yeah. yeah. In fact, they should probably arrive to training on a double decker bus while he's doing KP up. He's in the centre circle by himself. Just yeah. bringing back old memories. You know, go and train by yourself. We're going we're to play where yeah. our Champions League medal. Yeah. <laughs> no, Dave, Dave, that does make sense. You know, it, it's, it's, it would make sense for us. You know, we did talk a, a few pods ago about potentially some late deals because there are so many clubs that are actively trying to offload players. Are, are they going to, are, are clubs waiting for them to panic sell or panic deal just to get some of these people off their books? And yeah, there's, continue, there's for, another, continue for a loan or Dembele for a loan. The, the, Barca seem to be interested still in Neymar. It's gone a bit cold on it. But, you know, news out Well, they've just signed a left back as well and they can't even pay their fucking staff on time. Exactly. But for 40 million or something mental. They're, st- they're still tagging Neymar. And Neymar wants away from Paris. 
Um, and you, you know yourself, that's, that's a pretty fractured uh, relationship there with PSG and him. So one, one of them has to go. But the thing about it is their window continues on a little longer than ours. But the only way, if you're talking about a, a Coutinho or a Dembele moving, it's got to be done in the next four days to 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 well, allow that that space, if you will, for, for well, Neymar's. Yeah. So you know their hands going to be forced here because you, you you know you can't after Friday you can't turn around and go oh well we'll come alone them now because the window's closed. Yeah, it's it's ideal and. I know Tiff said it's far-fetched and I understand that too, but stranger things have happened. Like, I couldn't fucking... I, 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 I couldn't believe my mind when I saw James Rodriguez go on the barn on the two-year loan. Like, that was absolutely mental to me. So it wouldn't be unprecedented for something like that to happen if, if they just need to free up some sort of collateral or cash flow for something else or for maybe something And, and also his price, his price could actually inflate again by coming back to Liverpool and making them a more saleable asset in a year for them because his fucking stock's falling off the, off the planet, Dave. Yeah, it would make sense for a lot of parties, so we're just going to have to wait and see. Um, it wouldn't it, it wouldn't be beyond the realms of possibility, certainly. So I suppose we'll, we're three, four, three, four days to, to wait to see if the Reds do anything and, and if not, listen to the, the social media outrage and fury and all manner of different weird gifts yeah. and memes about the manager and Michael Edwards, who was a hero six months ago. So, um, yeah, we'll wait and see, and, and the, the season will bring what it will bring. Um, the one thing I can't say is, I suppose you can you can trust the front three's fitness as far as you can trust any footballer's fitness. I think this, the the three of them have been pretty much available predominantly, not just throughout their Liverpool careers, but throughout their whole careers. So. Um, we'll see. Premier League season starts Friday night under the lights at Anfield. Norwich City. It's a nice one to start with, Chief, isn't it? Um, well, yeah, brings back good memories, doesn't it? Obviously, the, the Suarez days, uh, last time Norwich were in the Premier League and the regular beatings, the consecutive hat-tricks. I think it was three hat-tricks in a row he got against them or something mad. Going from the halfway <laughs> line, shit like that. You know, all mad kind of shit. What a player. So they're not looking forward to coming to, to Anfield, but like that. Liverpool will probably be raring to go. Um, you know, you'd, you'd back us to win. You'd back Mo Salah to score. And uh, yeah, that should be a nice wee start to the Yeah, um, and Dave, they're, 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 what are they? They're a weird side. They're very, very attacking. They're really good to watch. Um, the two fullbacks, Lewis and Arns, are very, very advanced and very adventurous. And they can see goals. You know, they score a lot of goals, but they can see goals. Um, so. That's perfect for us. I mean, it is. they're going to. They're going to come at us. We will destroy them, and and, and even they're, they're they're stepping up a level as well. Uh, you know, like they're stepping oh, they're, up a level coming to the Premier. Here. Sorry, they're stepping There's up two three steps. levels. Yeah, no, but you know what I mean. There's a step up to the Premier League, and and they're they're starting their Premier League campaign against one of the two probably best. Uh, you know, sorry, let's, the, let's be the, the European champions, Dave. If you want to just yes. be accurate about it. 
one of the two best teams in the world at the minute. And and that is a completely, it's a baptism of fire for a lot of those players uh, who maybe don't have the Premier League experience and the intensity of it. And the championship's good, uh, a, a good championship, but it, it's, you know, as you say, it's under the lights again, which is absolutely, it's another bonus for us. There's there's no way in this earth that we, I can see us anything other than winning handsomely here. No, you're right. So, um, it's this, the, the team. We'll, we'll just do a bit of kind of like, um, we'll do a bit of the midfield game for crack. And no, of other... no, no, start at the back because is it going yeah. to be Joel Matip or is it going to be Joe Gomez? Because yeah. I think that, that yeah, well, that's, that's it. The I was going to say question. there. I was going to say, Dave, there's a couple of other questions, whereas normally it would really only be the midfield game. So, as you rightly say, the first one is, is it Gomez or is it Matip? I think he starts Gomez. Personally, I think that the, the team against um, City, the lineup against City, was as close to a dress rehearsal as as possible for the for the opening game of the season. And I would imagine that he starts Gomez and, and gives Trent the right back slot because it is Norwich at home. Um, so I, th- I think he goes with that. Um, I know Matip did really, really, really well last season. There's there's no taking that away from him at all. But I just think when they're all fit, Gomez was the first pick at the start of last season. He didn't put a foot wrong and he looks to be playing his way back into form in preseason. So I think they'll probably go with him. He is the future. So there's no doubt about it. If, if we look at it, three years, three seasons time, we still would expect Joe Gomez to be there. Could we possibly say that about Joe Matip? You know, he is the future, but clearly Gomez is going to be a cover for Trent. And again, hopefully this season, there won't be as, you know, Trent is, can either be fantastic, but there's there's the odd bad performance in him. Uh, or, or not not a bad performance, but not what we're, the standard we're used to, to see in from him and that's an age thing and a development thing and I, I would imagine that will start to creep out um, but it, it's Gomez showed for me uh, on Sunday that he can he can deputise there at right back and it wouldn't cause me any problems and then you've got Matip just going to step in and, and, and be solid like, like he was again I, it, I, I think Joe Gomez is the future I agree with Neil I would, I would like to see Gomez start um, and, you know, we've alluded to it, the, the partnership that they had with Van Dijk and one at the start of last season. It was fucking boss. So I, I hope he does start. Yeah, I think I think he will start. I think it, it might be with those two a little bit horses for courses this year. Um, and I think against teams that are, are predominantly going to try and counter on you with pace, I think Gomez has shown that he has that recovery pace. Um to pretty much catch anybody. It's a nice one as well, Dave. With, with you know, if you said about the the injuries and whatnot, to, to give Gomez, you know, take the, the the weight off his shoulders of of playing every game and give him a break here now. Because like, let's not forget, he's not, you know, he's a kid as well. Uh, and whenever you have quality of a player that the Joel Matip has shown us last season, it, it's a luxury. It is. We're 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 really well stocked in that position. Um, I think with with Gomez. Um, I just think he has the pace to, to, to cover those counter-attacks. Um, uh, Manip, you might see in different games this season, I don't know. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see. Ultimately, we've talked about how an injury can, and injuries and, and availability party will determine who plays when, more so than tactically, as it usually does. So that brings us to the midfield, where it's an absolutely unique 
position, Chiefs that Liverpool find themselves in, where we have every single midfielder on our books available for selection. We've got eight for three. You've eight for three. Eight for three. What do you do? Yeah, well. And bear in mind, it's Norwich. You know, it's Norwich yeah. at home. Well, the first I mean, thing you do is don't pick Lalana. Yeah. I could conceivably see Lalana playing. I could see Lalana actually playing in the six. Oh, lads, 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 for fuck's sake. I'm serious, Listen, if I'm picking my team, I'm not putting Lalana in it. Having said that, of all the games that you may play Adam Lalana in this season in the league, if you were to you pick any. You three points. It's the first game you three points. Norwich might be one of them. But having said that, I think I think he, he starts Henderson. Um, I think he probably starts Genie. And yeah, then you're probably looking at Fabinho. I think that's I probably... I will not be to start... So, right. So, Dave, I, I know you want Naby Kelly to start. Who do you think will start? That's, I'm, I'm yeah. hoping... I'm, I'm, I'm resigned to the fact I'm going to have to pick Henderson. I thought when Alden was, was terrible <laughs> yesterday. Uh, I'm resigned that Henderson's going to start. I'm happy that Fabinho's there, but I would love to see Keita. But probably, knowing uh, it'll be Milner or Wijnaldum. Uh, Milner, is Milner injured? Because he was no sign of him yesterday, which I thought was really strange. He had a slight strain, uh, apparently. As, is that what it was? It takes something to keep him out because, you know, if, if he doesn't start, he comes on. Um, and, and I think he would have been a good one to actually bring on yesterday. Because, I say, Wijnaldum, for me, was, you know, forget... I know there's people giving out about missing the penalty. Jesus, no, there was plenty before that you could have given out about... Um, yeah, he didn't but, have one of his better games, like he, did he? No, and and, and that's that, that's the nature of the player, and we've we've come used to that. Um, and, and he normally ha- he, no, he normally does have he normally has his better games against the better sides, though, though doesn't he? Exactly, exactly. Uh, he, he, you know, he's popped up with goals against better, City before. He dropped back in six. Mm, marginally. I think he was. Marginal. He was helped by that. I mean, I think. I, I just think he had a bad day, Neil, a real bad day at the office, and and you know the fact he was left on kind of amazed me because I thought he was going to bring Alana on to play the six, and I nearly shit my pants against City. Yeah, well, I I saw more whenever Alana was coming on. We we're still one 0 down. I saw that as oh, here's the white flag being there's the towel going in now. He's accepting. Because I just I just don't see that he brings anything to us. And I know you said Davy looks fitter and all the rest. I don't think he did all right. Though when he came on, I thought he played well. I, okay, he did. He did all right. But would you you wouldn't hang your hat on him like you know you wouldn't you wouldn't put your mortgage on him not at all. He'll be injured no. by mid September, and the problem will be the problem will solve itself. Yeah, that's true. That is true, and that's fine. Um, but I, I think. When he's available and when he's fit and when he's match fit, Klopp will see him as an option. And I'm trying to speak purely from the manager's perspective here. He always has done. And he's yeah. quite clearly. So Yeah, he trusts him, you know, and it's it's the it's the Darren Fletcher Parksy song kind of relationship that Ferguson had. Um and, and Klopp has it with the likes of of Henderson and Milner and and Lalana, where he can just and, and Firmino, where he can just trust them to do exactly what he wants them to do, and and he will go back to them time and time again for that experience and that discipline and that leadership. So um, that's fine. That is what it is. Whatever your whatever your particular individual stance is on it, I just think against City, he, he played Henderson 
and he played one album because it was City. I don't necessarily think it was a dress rehearsal so much. I think he took the game seriously and he played a game to play Manchester City, I think. And I expect against Norwich that you will see certainly one of Shaqiri, Lalana, Oxley Chamberlain, or Kaida, if not two. No, no Brewster, Dave, because if you're talking about the game to play Lalana, if you want to blood this kid, if you're two or three nil up, or comfortable, this 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 would be the game Friday night under the lights, big home game, first game of the season. If if the kid's that good, put him in. Um. It's possible that's why he wasn't on the bench at 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 the at, at the weekend. I don't know, Chief. What do you, what do you think? Do you do you see Brewster? He wasn't. He, do you see him being on the squad first and foremost because he wasn't even on the squad there on, on Sunday? I, I I would well. He might make the bench, but for me, Mane's coming back in. Do you think Mane will be involved? Training the day with the team. And you'd imagine he, you'd imagine he at least makes the bench. So that's one extra forward place gone. Um, no, I wouldn't be putting him in first game under the lights. You know, saying go ahead. I, I, yeah, I'd keep his first start probably for the, the first league cup game, and and go from there. Blood him like that. Uh, I don't think there's really any need to. I think Origi's ahead of him in the pecking order anyway. So if you were gonna. If you want to start Manny, I think Divock's gonna gonna start there. If not, um, but could be on the bench. I was only suggest I was only suggesting him coming off the bench. I wasn't suggesting actually starting him. Um, but you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna blood somebody, that, potentially, this is the game yeah, potentially you, you put him on the bench and an ideal scenario. You're four 0 up after sixty. You bring him on last twenty five. You know. That's that's the ideal situation. I mean, those were the when when the likes of Robbie Fowler and that were coming through and getting uh, substitute appearances at the very beginning. That, those were the kind of situations they were coming on to, and, and that's what you wanted. You know, you, uh, that's the best, the kind of the best way to to be blooding them in a way. Um, so why not on the bench, perhaps? Um, but I don't know. There's there's probably just too many ahead of him still in the pack and order. Well, you'd say he's, you'd certainly say he's five because he literally is. There literally only are five. So, um, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So but you think this? Yeah, you think it's the same front three then, as you were. Yeah, unless Manny uh, comes back and and club just goes. Do you know what? You're fine. Fire on. Which I wouldn't be surprised by, in all honesty, because so you see see how Salah is. Do you know what? It's a funny one because you you can't really conceive seeing any of the front three having 90 in their legs. Any, sorry, any of the front five having 90 in their legs, bar maybe Origi, based on their pre-seasons. So even if Salah and Firmino do start, you'd expect them both to both to get the hook at 70 at the latest. To need I, to I, I expect to see Manny in uh, the European Cup. Are the Super Cup? I think that's where he comes off the bench, and that's where his season starts. I don't think we'll see him at Norwich. You not? You don't think he'll make the match day squad? The way Klopp was talking, um, I, I I can't see it. Uh, and and you know, look at the end of the day, I think he was talking about two weeks for Manny, and he was complaining about the amount of football they've all played. He's he's gone out a big speech on it. But he's dead right, nail on head and stuff. But I honestly don't think you see Manny 
uh, against Norwich at any stage. I think you see him against Chelsea, last 20, last 30 maybe. Let's be honest, if you want to rest a player, there's no better time to do it than when literally everybody else in your squad's available for selection because that doesn't happen very often. So the Klopp does have four and not rushing people back from from injuries or from lengthy layoffs or from holidays and things like that. So um, I, I can, I can, yeah, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised either way. You know, um, I think it's yeah. a toss up. I could see it, but, but you just think, for example, you just look at the friendies last week, you know, all, all talk before uh, the game against Leon was that there's no way the likes of Firmino and Salah would, would even make the bench. Never mind start. The whole team started. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I get that. That's a, that's more a fitness exercise than anything else. There is there is that. But if Sadio Mane comes back and by all accounts he's incredibly fit, dedicated, professional athlete who he, he could he could well push push or force Klopp's hand by saying exactly. I want them. And, and we've we've seen that with we've seen that with Firmino. We've seen it with Salah in the past. You know they they'll go to him and say, look, I want them. Exactly, and I think it'd be it'd be rare to go. To be honest, it might come too soon for him. You know, it might, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Like Stranger Things. Okay, all right. Um, score prediction, Chief. Ooh, score prediction. Score prediction. Five one. Oh, we'll concede. All right, Dave. I'm just going for a bog standard 3-0. 3-0. I'm going to go somewhere in between. I'm going to go 4-0. I'm going to put money on 4-0 and sell the score, I think, because I accidentally deposited 20 quid in my SkyBet account yesterday because I had too many times. It's just a wonder if, like, uh, just wonder if Ali's uh, ironed out all the, all the pre-season kinks just yet. Um, we'll see, but... Don't we'll be in it. Uh, to be honest, see if I'd be surprised if they even got a shot on target. Yeah, you, you just never know. First game, newly promoted club, all that. They might have a they might have a, a blast first twenty minutes or something. Who knows? But um, I know absolutely. Uh, you know what? I, I hope they do. My knowledge, knowledge was your quick capsule. So, so that's my uh, <laughs> that's the extent. Like so. Fuck it, who knows? We used to battle them, so why not? All right. Okay, so we'll wrap it up there because um, we've rambled on for absolutely ages. Um, sorry about that. Um, Dave, thanks very much. As always, very welcome. Lovely to talk to you. Um, roll on Friday night, lads. Indeed. Yo. It's going to be so much fun. Just the European champions just standing night on Friday night when everybody's had a load of pints after work. The atmosphere would be great. I'd love to be there. Um, Chief, thanks very much. Not at all. It's been a pleasure. Good, always good to, to, to chat about the Reds, but particularly looking forward to a new season. Like, cannot wait. Absolutely. So, up the, up the fucking European champions. <laughs> <laughs>